Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Straw Hut Media. Ladies and gentlemen and in-betweeners, tonight we are boldly going deep into conversation with television producer and prince of Star Trek, Rod Roddenberry, as we chat about the Star Trek legacy and life beyond Trek, and me, your favorite host, with the deepest voice. So raise a glass and set your phasers to stunning. Thank you for being Life is a banquet And most poor suckers are starving to death I'd like to propose a toast This is On the Rocks with Alexander Coming at you live Where I drink with your favorite celebrities As we talk about fashion, entertainment, pop culture Reality TV And, well, that's about it so pop a cork, lean back, and raise a glass to On the Rocks. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Oh, Lord, it's me a bumpy night. Klingons and cons and leprechauns. This is On the Rocks, the place where we're too glam to give a damn. Uh... More than I'm excited about pumpkin spice lattes being back, and yes, I'm very excited. Yes, uh, I'm I'm a white girl who wears yoga pants in the valley. Um, I'm also excited about spicy nuggets are back at Wendy's. Nobody's getting all that excited about it. You know, it's the problems of a curvy girl. Oh, you're excited, Kurt? I'm super excited. I oh. love the spicy nuggets. I've never seen you so excited. That, that That's how we know. Rod, are, are you a fan of the spicy nuggets? I, I mean... I, I can't say that I eat healthy, but I haven't had Burger King or McDonald's in quite a while. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. No, but trust me, it's 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 a it's a false claim because uh, it sounds like I'm healthy, but In and Out, no problem. Ooh. I mean, tons of these other places, no problem. I just haven't had that in a long time. All right, so. well, try the spicy nuggets. You'll be uh, try the spicy. Nuggets. I wish they were oh, sponsored so I get some free. Someone told me about these mini tacos at uh, at Wendy's, like. Anyone know something like no Jack in the Box has these has mini, mini tacos? They, someone says they're amazing. Why would you want? That's called a taquito, by I, the way. For I, all you white people, try to change. Every, it's it's called a taquito. This is the only thing like I have to contribute to the fast food conversation. <laughs> Sorry, guys, that's it. That's, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> well, I'm gonna take you out for some spicy nuggets, and you can show me uh, mini tacos. Done. That sounds fun though, because you can shove more in your face. I think, <laughs> right? Uh, thank you to our sober listeners for tuning in. We love you too. Uh, thank you for holding our hair back when we need it and driving us home. But if you are drinking the official vodka. Of on the Rocks is, of course, Equality Vodka. 20% of every bottle helps fund nonprofits that work to secure equality for everyone. Visit them at equalityvodka.com and social media. They're delicious, by the way. Uh, today's sponsors is Volante Design, uh, maker of my fabulous licensed uh, Star Trek-inspired jacket for streetwear or convention wear. You can wear it as a blazer. You can wear it closed. They just sent it to me. I'm really, really excited. They're a sponsor through Halloween. Feel like the protagonist in your own adventure with clothing inspired by video games, comics, TV shows, and all your favorite favorite fandoms. Discover your style of Volante design and save $10 off your first order with code Volante Rocks. Go to volantedesign.us and they're a great crew, by the way, um, and they have a lot of respect for the shows uh, that they uh, build for and they custom make stuff as well. The show is brought to you by Straw Hot Media and Here TV. Hello to our listeners around the nation on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Roku. And I'm excited. We are now on podcast, newest podcast section. And of course, we are on Facebook Live right now on KLGBT.TV, Trending Now, True FM, GED Magazine, and I Love Gay LGBT. Give them a like on your social media. If you're watching the video right now, you're watching the live stream. Like us on Twitter and Instagram at On The Rocks On Air, Facebook On The Rocks Radio Show. Send me an email. 
book me for a wedding, funeral, quinceanera, bris. I don't care. I will show up. Info at ontherocksradioshow.com. Need you start liking and subscribing to us on YouTube, your podcast player. Like, follow us, share us to keep the show going for free. Everything is ontherocksradioshow.com. If I've named too many names, you can find everything you want there. On the Rocks is on the road. Uh, Evita, there's a new theater company in town. We love supporting local theater called P3 Theater Company with a residency at the Ernest Borgnine Theater in Long Beach. Check out their first production, Evita. Uh, I was there for opening night. Uh, it plays until September 29th. Go to p3theater.biz and theater is T-R-E because they're fancy for more information. Also, this Friday, September 20th, I am your MC in Long Beach at Executive Suites Nightclub for Overboard LBC's uh, Laundry Day and it's L.A. County's Final Pride Hurrah Celebrity Guests, Performances, and me. Go to OverboardLBC.com for more information. And finally, I am your official first ever media grand marshal for Palm Springs Pride uh, this year, the first weekend of November. Look for me and on the Rocks radio show uh, as your MC on the Pride main stage, the Pride parade, and pool parties throughout the weekend. I get a little sash to wear around town, so you'll see me. Go to PalmSpringsPride.org for more information. All right, let's get to it. Let me formally introduce our guest for today, Eugene Rod Roddenberry, Prince of Star Trek, is the guardian of the Roddenberry legacy and champions its timeless and universal ideals to generations through creative and inspiring science fiction uh, productions, merchandise, publishing, adventures, and philanthropy. And as the son of legendary science fiction producer Gene Roddenberry, whose Star Trek series changed the face of television and continues to inspire many, many people in entertainment and beyond today, Roddenberry has followed in his father's footsteps to be a catalyst in the creation of a world where humanity works together for the greater good, which is much needed nowadays. Um, In 2006, Roddenberry became chief executive officer of Roddenberry Entertainment, a science fiction leader with a tradition of groundbreaking entertainment. Uh, Roddenberry Entertainment builds on the best of Gene Roddenberry's work and continues to pioneer the development of a multimedia portfolio of smart and provocative science fiction that incorporates graphic novels, comics, television, and film projects, including the critically acclaimed Trek Nation, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. He founded the Roddenberry Foundation in 2010. Um, It funds paradigm-changing solutions to critical global issues in science and technology, the environment, education, and humanitarian advances. Star Trek come to life. Uh, Having originally aimed for the stars, the Roddenberry legacy lives on in Roddenberry Adventures. Roddenberry founded Adventures with the goal of promoting exploration through unique perspective-shifting experiences. He leads the adventure-based team in its exploration of strange new worlds, revealing the beauty and diversity that surrounds us and unites all species on Earth. Please welcome, for the first time ever, on the show, Mr. Rod Roddenberry. <laughs> How's that for an intro, that, by that the way? That was a hell of an introduction. I wow. can't, like, I even get the goosebumps I, just talking about it. I kind of want to meet this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea He's who you're talking cool about. pretty cool guy. So I have to yeah. say, when you, like, when I first uh, knew of you and, you know, I, I came to know of you in a few different ways, I thought, he is so cute. And I was like, and then they're like, and wife. And I was like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> like, well, yes. I, I guess uh, getting into my 40s, apparently I, I'm... Getting uh, more distinguished, I guess. Well, we call you a daddy in West Hollywood, which I think you're, you're in West Hollywood now, right? I'm in West Hollywood. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm a daddy. Yeah, a real daddy. A real daddy. And a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you get flirted with at every convention? Because not only you part of the legacy, but I mean, you, you you're know pretty what? handsome. I, I'm, I, well, that's very sweet of you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate, and this kind of answers your question. You know, I'm, I'm not a big celebrity. I don't have a face. People don't see me on TV. I'm not like Will Wheaton. If that guy tries to walk down the street, yeah. people will come up to him and bother him. I have um, at a bar in North Hollywood. Well, okay, so, yes. so no one knows who I am yet at a Star Trek convention. Um, I've been going to the one in Vegas for, you know, two decades. Yeah. Amazing. And so now I, I feel like I'm just one of the people there. I, I don't, 
first of all, I'm never hassled. So when I use the word hassle, I, I don't mean it as if anyone hassles me. But no one comes up. No one bothers me. No one. I mean, people say hi, Rod, and and every now and then someone stops me and asks for an autograph. And so, Absolutely, you know, yeah. it's not like I have hordes of people and I'm too busy to do it. I, I have just a few, so happy to do it. Um, but then then I'll go to the bars at night and I'm welcomed in by everyone as just another one of the group. Um, so I, I have it pretty good from from both ways. You know, I've got a wonderful, famous last name, and I'm doing my part in terms of what I can do with Star Trek and, of course, the future of humanity. And I, I'm, But I'm also not a celebrity, so I, no one knows who the hell I am. It's great. What, what I really love about the energy you have is your humility and your honesty. You know, you're, you're very open about your own experience with Star Trek. You know, you didn't enter the scene like, here I am, and, yeah. you know, I'm going to save the legacy, and, and here's what we're doing. You were questioning as a new fan, which, which I actually loved because... When you st- tell somebody you're a Star Trek fan, you get two responses. You get, oh, God, I love Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Or you get, oh, nerd. You know? And it's like, well, no, it's it's about this whole universe. And you talked about this in Trek Nation. The conventions, we always see, like, the really outlandish people. Sure. But there's people that lead great lives that have been inspired by Star Trek. Yeah. Um, and whether they're, uh, even, f- like, from minority groups. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek celebrated... Uh, racial diversity uh now it's celebrating lgbt i mean it celebrated so many issues before they were issues especially hot buttons now yeah. in hollywood and there's this strength that people are leading their daily lives based on that yeah no i'm i'm incredibly proud i mean if you if you don't know already and of course from the document i'm incredibly proud of what my father created that vision of the future i'm a genuine fan of it when i was uh, uh 13 and coming home from school my father would get the uh the tapes every thursday he the back in the VHS days. And I would genuinely pop them in and watch them. Not because I was a huge Star Trek nerd yeah. at that point, but there was something about this show that resonated with me. And while I didn't get the metaphors and subtext all the time, there, there was just something attractive about this future and this crew with everyone working together and exploring. And Next Generation was my show. That's what I wanted our future to be. That's what I want our future to be. So so I'm a genuine fan of the philosophy. And of course, as years went on and I learned more about Star Trek, I became more and more of a uh, a believer follower. Well, and the whole I- idea of family, you know, I was I was raised by by a single mom. I mean, she was my family. Yeah. And Star Trek family became family and it showed you that you don't have to be blood family to to have uh, a lifetime and for people to become your family. Uh, generation after generation. And what a great message for humanity, not yep. to get all, all deep right now. But yes, yes, there is something about blood family. Fra- frankly, I'm not sure what it is, but I understand that that concept. But I, I don't like the separation. It can only Family can only be blood. Right. Um, you're 100% right. And it depends on how you define family. I, I didn't have a very big family. I didn't have a rough life, but I had my mother and my father. My father passed away with 17. I didn't have any brothers or sisters, really. So my family was my mother, uh, and my grandmother, which I saw every now and then, my family was my friends at school, yeah. and they have been. My my closest friends today are friends that I went to high school with because we were there for each other. And so I, I think family is what you make it, is I guess all I'm trying to say. So whether it's Star Trek, whether you ride Harleys and you have a close group of, of brothers and sisters who ride in the Harley group with you. Who wear you know, outfits, by the way, too. Who wear costumes, absolutely, yep. or sports, or you name it, or Star Trek. Uh, whoever you identify with, whoever you get close to can be your family. And what I love about the Star Trek universe, it's it's open. If you're an outcast in any way, shape, or form, and we're all outcast on on, mm-hmm. on some level, uh, you're always welcome. That's what I love about the Las Vegas conventions. Yeah. You don't have to be a super uber fan to have a great time and feel welcome. Yeah. 
or you can, and you know, yeah. you could drive up in a shuttlecraft for all, for all I care. And, it's and, it's a great example of of the true uh, acceptance of of everyone around you. Yeah. yeah. Um. So let's talk about you growing up. What were you watching on TV? Uh, what were some of the shows that kind of shaped your view of TV and entertainment? Well, obviously the cartoons as a kid. I was the Looney Tunes thing, but that's not, I think, what you're asking. I moved into, you know, Knight Rider was probably my number oh, one Knight show. The rebooting um, Knight Rider, by the way. I, I, again. Yeah, everything's oh, getting rebooted. Well. David Hasselhoff's waiting by the phone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I wasn't too happy with the last ones. Um, uh, but the uh, Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. Uh, Emergency. Uh, those types of shows were the shows that at least when I think back, I remember the most. And then, of course, movies. You know, I, Star Wars was something I grew up with, certainly more than Star Trek at that young age. Well, and you even had like Star Wars birthday cakes. I had I have photos of me blowing out Star Wars, Star Wars birthday cakes. I had a few Star Wars yeah. uh, birthday parties, too, and I had the little toys. Like yeah. I, had, I had, had had everything. Wasn't like a crazy fan, but in terms of fi- sci-fi and what came out in the theaters, I, I loved Star Wars. Yeah. Star Motion picture. At first, at the age of, what was it, first grade, 79, bored the hell out of me. Bored you to tears. Yeah. Yeah. I was just too young. And looking back, you know, I love the film because it's the first time we see the crew together after so many years. And what what I like about that is we see the connections right away when everybody sees each other. It is yeah. coming home. It's in a long film. Yes. Um is it a little boring at parts, especially if you're a young kid? Yes. But the excitement I felt for that film was when my mom telling me about it, how she as a little girl, you know, growing up on Star Trek and then seeing the Enterprise for what it looked like and seeing the crew back. And it was just this euphoric sense of coming home. Yeah. And that's what the film really was about. Um You know, and the uniforms were still tight, which I appreciate. I thought the uniforms <laughs> got a little loose as the films went by. Um, what natural hobbies did you have in school? Like, what kind of kid were you? Were you in band? Were you with the goth no, kids? Were I, you? You know, I, I, this is embarrassing, and I'm honest. So, I mean, for me, high school, junior high, and high school. Well, junior high was a little bit of me, I guess, trying to figure out whoever the hell I was. Um, I, and, and I'm still doing that today, by the way. Um, I, I, I ended up trying to be the cool kid. So I was into heavy metal. I grew my hair long. I yeah, wore leather jackets. Um, I drove fast in my car, whatever the stereotype of the wannabe late 80s, early 90s rocker was what I was. I listened to Motley Crue. They were my favorite. Frankly, I still love Motley Crue, yeah. but a lot of the hair bands. Um, and, you know, I just, I thought I was cool. I'm not sure if I was a jerk about it. I, 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 I'm sure I was on some level. I don't think I was a bad, bad guy. Um, I, I still have a lot of friends from that time. Um, but I was just a little dumb rocker guy or trying to be a dumb rocker guy. I don't know. Everybody went through that phase. Sure. I went through the phase where all I wore was Hot Topic for a while. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, but I, you know what I loved it is I, I had this, this attitude, for better or for worse, at the time where I didn't care what anyone thought. And, and I don't mean just purely rebellion. I right. mean, I dressed, I wore my hair the way I wanted to. I shaved my head. I, I wore the clothes, my ripped jeans as dumb as someone else might have thought it was, I didn't care. I was more confident in who I was, even though I look back and I'm not sure what the hell I was. Um, but I was more confident then. And then as I got older, you know, you tend to get a little bit more insecure with yeah, yourself sometimes. Yeah. And I think I realized that, damn it, I was more secure with myself as a, as a 15, 16, 17 year old than, than I am now. Now my head was firmly planted up my, you know what, back then, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was, I remember feeling more confident, you know, not that I'm entirely insecure now, but now, you know, just you, you think about like, oh, should I be worried about what this person's going to think? 
Should I do it anyways? Ah, shit, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but there is that that kind of confidence uh, with with Star Trek fans, especially when when they've united. What did your parents think through all your changes? Because you know, looking at pictures, they like thought your I family was on pictures. Drugs. Oh, really? And you know what? Believe it or not, as badass as I thought I was, I did not do any drugs. I didn't. The first time I smoked pot was like 1997. Um, yeah. So so no no no. I drank, but I drank at parties. It was yeah. beer, and it was just sort of that sort of thing. And um, but that that was it. I was I was for a badass dude. I was a goody two shoes. I also went to a very nice private high school, so my level of of tough guy was not very tough. It just seemed that way to me at the time. Well, it's funny because if if we look at your pictures and you, you've shared a lot on on Roddenberry and and on various sites, we see you go through a lot of changes from yeah. like the long hair, black yeah. hair, blonde. I mean, and e- even fashion wise, um, someone trying to find themselves. Did your parents be like, what are you wearing? Or did they support you in all of your changes? I think at some point they just gave up trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember at one point my parents accused me of being on steroids because I had acne on my back. And apparently I, I, you get acne when you're on steroids. My father, my father, <laughs> my father accused me at dinner of like taking drugs or being on steroids. And I was so, you know, teenager, so angry and pissed because I, I, I wasn't. Yeah. And I slammed my fist down and I don't know what I said. And I ran out of the restaurant and walked home. And and based on that anger alone, he probably still thought I was yeah. on steroids because of the, the reaction there. So, I'm from West uh, Hollywood. <laughs> Lot of y'all are very angry for no reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when did you first have the idea that Star Trek was a thing and that your dad was part of it? Not the rele- uh, revelation you had after coming back to the fold, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, but... Like, I always wonder if Barbara Streisand's son was like, stop singing, mom, or Gordon Ramsay's kids hates his cooking. But they still have an idea. When was your first kind of taste of that, that it was your household was a little different? So I I, I was always aware uh, on some level and always is relative because I don't know how far back it goes in terms of how young I was. But I was always aware that my father, I guess, worked on the show Star Trek. In fact, when I was a little kid, apparently, like really little, I would go to people and said, my father produces Star Trek. I had no idea what it meant. Yeah. I'd never seen it. It was a thing. Someone told me something and and that was it got a reaction. So maybe I learned to just say that. Um, So I knew my father worked on a TV show called Star Trek. Anytime I tried to watch it, it was boring. It was too intellectual. You know, I, again, young kid, also not that bright. Um, but uh, I, I think working on the show as a PA when I was 13, you know, I got the opportunity to work on Next Generation, first season, PA, 13 years old. I, I still I still didn't get it, but I started, I was introduced to how big it was. Mm-hmm. And that's not even that accurate. You know, I used to go to conventions. My mother would bring me to conventions when they had them at the, uh, was it the Hilton at Disney? They used to have conventions yeah. there every year. Creation did. Yeah. And um, I would go there. And of course, I'd see all these people in costume. Granted, it was all sci-fi, but I'd see plenty of Star Trek people. And, I, you know, it surrounded me a lot. I was aware of it. I just wasn't aware of it, how big it was, how grand it was. And the story that I've told many times that you can see in documentary, which in the documentary Trek Nation, uh, which is true, was at my father's memorial service that that one moment is what started to sink in, you know, how big Star Trek was and how significant Well, uh, that memorial and there's there's video footage uh, in in Trek Nation, actually. uh, I mean, talk about a celebration of life. Um, but it was kind of a life that you really didn't know at, at that point and losing losing your father, regardless of what his status was at 17. Um, that's pretty hefty. 
Yeah. No, it, it was, uh, yeah. I, it, yeah, it, it's it's more hefty now on reflection yeah. than it was then, even though it was certainly a huge hit to me. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I, I, I hate to make myself sound so oblivious to life. I don't think I was this oblivious, but there was so many things going on in my life. You don't you don't fully comprehend the the grandeur of Star Trek, losing your father. I mean, granted, losing my father, I understood that I'd never see my father again. I weeped for days, of course, but uh, uh, it wasn't... I only kind of see now, knowing my father from a whole different light, you know, how significant it was. And then seeing my change... I mean, I changed dramatically yeah. from from that moment on. Well, and coming to a celebration of life and seeing so many people that were so moved by him that you really didn't have connection to, like the original cast, yeah. um, and these, you know, these were icons in his in his legacy. Yeah. But there's that there, there was that disconnect because you were you were too young to have been part of that. Yeah. Um, and kind of. Uh, away. Plus, your dad was busy working on Next Generation. And we were butting heads, too. Yeah. I was the rebellious teenager, and he was the father at work all the time, and we had a huge generation gap. He had me at age 52. Yeah. And so, you know, he was unable to relate on whatever it was I was going through, and I certainly wasn't able to relate. So, uh, by no means, it, there are far worse father-son relationships out there, but in terms of my bubble, my world, uh, we did not get along. So, we were we were butting heads. We loved each other, but we were definitely clashing quite a bit at that point. And the point. fact that he was gone for so many hours a, a day. Yeah. Um, and it was during your High school years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was your biggest guiding force then uh, in, in high school? What was what, who, who was your biggest influence then? You know, so 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 as as much as I was a rocker trying to be cool and all that sort of stuff. Um, in eighth grade, our, our school had junior high and high school. Uh, in eighth grade, there was this guy who worked in the bookshop who was a ninja. At least that's what we you know at, at that age you hear that's what he is. <laughs> yeah, and he could. I remember hearing, oh, he can. Uh, to use a samurai sword to chop an apple off your head, which I don't think he ever did or could do, but that's how here's the story. Yeah. And he was going to teach this class in jujitsu and you could sign up for it after school. And so a couple of my friends did it. So I signed up for it and um, I, I did it for my entire junior high, high school career. It was called, it was jujitsu. His name was Steve Copping and he, he was a, a Canadian German and a funny, goofy, happy guy who, 
who really it wasn't a goofy German. Are you sure he's German? <laughs> that must have been the Canadian part. I, I was gonna say it's the Canadian part. I'm sure. Um, who it wasn't about fighting. It wasn't about kicking anyone's ass. He he, he taught us so much more in the principles and philosophy. Sure, we learned the techniques, um, but. Every day we'd come into class. Listen, if you didn't bow coming to class, you forgot. It's not like you had to do a hundred push-ups. You'd be like, oh, forgot to bow. Come on, do it again, guys. Everyone step back. You know, very forgiving, very about education, very about uh, letting us sort of find ourselves and find our connection to the art. And uh, I fell in love with it. And um, he was the biggest influence. You know, every time we had an issue, we could go to him and he would have something. Granted, it was a little fortune cookie-ish, but... He would tell us, we'd think about it, he'd explain it to us, he'd make us think about it, and we'd feel a lot better. It would make sense, you know? All these sayings, he would have a saying on the board every day, and part of the class would be to sort of look at the saying and decipher it. It wasn't just about get in the guy, get in, the, get in here and punch that yeah. guy or hit that guy or throw that guy. Um, technique was just half of it. Learning about yourself, each other... Uh, was was the other half? It's funny. That's very Star Trek. It's like let's not go to fist fighting first. Let's 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 look at all sides of it. And it's where I first heard the term unconditional love. Yeah, which which was so important. It's it's where I love. I learned to hug another guy there because because yeah. at that age, guys didn't hug. And it there you could you learned how to hug another guy because it 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 just meant you cared for them. And unconditional love meant obviously what it sounds like to love someone without condition yeah it, it, it's easy to say now verbally but it's it's really hard to practice true unconditional love like you said these weren't themes that that, that were talked about yeah certainly um, especially not them. in the male culture yeah yeah um did you try acting as a child because i found some <laughs> early headshots of you out out there by the way kurt can you show look, look at that head of hair yeah, by yeah. the way Oh, please tell me you have the one of me on the tricycle and the in the uh, the dirt on my face. There's another head headshot. No, 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 no. There's, there's one in there where I'm on a. They, they, I've got a helmet under my arm, and I've got. They put dirt on my face, and I'm on a tricycle, and it's like I've just had a rough day at the track, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like five or four or whatever it is, and th those were my headshots. My my mother wanted to get me into acting. Really? And I did like four or five commercials. Uh, uh, Christopher. Uh, Crystal Foods, Kingsford Charcoal, Granola Clusters, Max Steel's Robot Force. I can't believe I remember these. And One to Grow On. Do you have any of those? No, I've been anywhere? dying for years. I've been, I would love, I mean, I'd be humiliated, but I've been dying for years yeah. to find these things. I'm sure they're somewhere. I'm sure they're somewhere, but I'm sure they're buried because I don't, I'm, I was not, I was not acting material. I, I, I can't act my way out of a paper bag. I promise really? you. Oh, no, 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 no. Hmm. No, no, no. Um, you know, and your mom worked at Deslu Productions for for a while, and she actually got to study comedy with Lucille Ball. You, you know, I don't know much about her acting career, but she was an actress, obviously. You know, I mean, she she wanted to. She did a lot of those yeah. early early sixties shows, and and that's how she met my father. Yeah. As classic as it is, yeah. you know, you know, I I don't know if there was an act, actual casting couch involved or not. Um, <laughs> but you know, my father was married at the time. Yes, and uh, you know. Well, we can it all. It was a quick transition, yeah. I think. Well, it was a long. It was a quick transition between the Legally. two of them, but legally, yeah. it was a long. Yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff was happening without 
other people knowing. Um, and your mom was in uh, the original Westworld, by the way. And if you haven't yes. seen that, go back and and, and look yes. at it. She was the madam. Yes, she was. She robot was the madam. madam. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm sure there's a drag a drag queen in West Hollywood called Robot Madam somewhere. I, I've got to tell you something. My, my, when I was talking to you earlier, I was talking about how all my friends would say how cool my mother was. And because she was my mother, I yeah. never really saw her as yeah. cool. And uh, uh, this is telling you stories that you, you'll love hearing, except your audience will wonder why I'm telling you. Um, I can't remember. Uh, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. I went to it. So my high school was all boys. And uh, we had an all girl school that we were uh, that we were uh, 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 partnered with. Okay. And so Christmas, my my mother and father got me a condom machine. <laughs> I would have parties at my house. And so I think as a joke, they got me a condom machine. Um, I was pretty young. I can't remember if I was sexually active or not yet, but I, I started pretty young there too. And when I, we were in a, we were going to a party. I had my friends in the car. My mother was driving. And, there's, there's and the reason that it's still here today is such a testament to its strength. But there is some, uh, did you find a picture, Kurt? Oh, here's actually a oh, picture. of there's uh, my mom. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen that, like I said, you have to see it. You'll Brenner. Um, but th there is this roughness to track. It didn't just uh, blossom into this magical. Uh, and we we use the word legacy over and, but that's that's the right word. Um, it had struggles on the way. Sure. Um, it still has struggles. Um, but to know uh, the honest stories behind it. Mm -hmm. um, and I I, I did uh, get to meet your mom as as well and. The, her her version was was her big personality. Yes, you know the woman we saw in Next Generation. You know that's that's who I saw, and that was her. By the way, that they, they didn't say we've got this character, we need someone to fill it. You, you've heard the story. Like she was going to be in it. Gene Roddenberry was the the husband. His wife was going to be in it. So they had to create a character, and they yeah. just said, let's just make her be herself. And yeah. it's a small exaggeration, but it's only a small exaggeration in terms of her personality. Luxana Troy. If you let my mother go, that was my mother. That's that's who I I had to see. But nobody can be that all the time. Sure. Um, sure. And yeah. you know, I, I call yeah. her the queen of Star Trek, and she was by your dad in some difficult times. You yeah. know, after the show was canceled, the original original show, uh, it was slim pickings. Yeah. Um, and there was struggle there. She always seemed like a silent force to me because she was never really vocal um, about the journey of Trek. She was just very supportive and a big personality. Uh, but she never. In, in the way that I experienced her, revealed many truths about yeah. Star Trek or her relationship with your dad. Other than that, she was supportive and, and loving. Um, yeah. She was the housewife until he passed away. She was really the, the housewife. I'm not, I'm not saying she wasn't capable. I'm just saying that's the role she played in our household. Um, as we, as after my father passed away, we, we obviously saw her become much more than that. Yeah. Um, she has a very silent strength. It, it it would have been interesting to have really sat down and had a real conversation with her. Yeah. Um, well, that's what happened in the documentary. Um, you know, when I was doing the documentary Trek Nation, of course, of course, I wanted to talk to her about yeah. my father. But uh, whether it was the generation, whether it was our relationship, neither my father nor my mother were very open to sharing personal things, right. whether about themselves or each other to me, their son. They were always very protective. And especially after my father passed away. Um, my mother, even though I knew things about my father, uh, uh, infidelities, uh, drugs, certain things, right. she would never acknowledge them. She would never talk to me about them. And so when I, when I wanted to sit down with her and have an interview with her and, and have her 
share about the man, it wasn't, I wasn't out just to find the negative, but she knew him the best. And so I was truly a son trying to understand who the man was. Warts and all, as he would say. And it was, I I don't want to use the word disappointing. It was, it was, uh, it was difficult. It was sad. It was, it, it was disappointing. She, she, she still couldn't open up. And that's what I mean about being that that silent strength. She was still protecting him. Yeah. From even, that's, you know. That's exactly yeah. it. And there's so many stories there. And, you know, we have found out a lot about, about your dad's life, mm-hmm. uh, about, uh, you know, he, he would like to frolic and play um, and, and drug use. I actually think it adds more to the Star Trek story. Absolutely. Just like we see Captain Kirk is not such a great hero. I mean, he's a flawed person. Everybody in Star Trek is flawed in their own way, even if they're their own flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I really love. It's You can be as flawed as you want and come to this universe. And still be an amazing person. That's still be exactly an incredible it. human being, yeah. Um, that's exactly it. We're going to take a really quick break. For those of you uh, not listening live, uh, you're going to have to listen to a commercial. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. Wasn't that amazing? <laughs> um, when you decided to revisit Star Trek um, after your dad's passing and you started to appreciate the universe, what show episode did you start with? Did you start like right at the beginning? Uh, uh, well, I don't know if this answers your question uh, uh, uh in terms of shows that resonate to me and things that still stand out you know the the episode so there was a moment where where star trek clicked i guess and it was um um uh, devil in the dark mm. and whether it was the first time i actually paid attention i don't know what it was but this was an episode where uh uh well not to give it away spoiler alert you know uh, 50 <laughs> some odd years later um there's the rock monster on the planet and of course humans are mining on the planet and they're being killed so they call on the enterprise to save the day uh I, I believe the crew comes down and and does it first at least tries to kill it because it's killing them mm-hmm. uh, but at some point they get the brilliant idea this is a life form let's try to communicate so spock uh, uh, mind melds with it, and and we end up learning that it it is an intelligent creature. It's not just a, a killing machine, and what it's doing uh, is is protecting its young. And its young are these crystals that we've been mining. And so I I, I, I every time I tell this, I get chills. I just got the chills because who's the devil in the dark? Um, who's the bad guy there? We think this blob, ugly thing is the bad guy. It's a mother protecting its young. And even though we didn't know better, we're the monsters killing its children. Of course it's going to attack us. And I, I don't want to say Knight Rider and, and Starsky and Hutch and, and Dukes of Hazzard didn't have depth, but 
they didn't have depth like this. I didn't come away from any one of those episodes going, wow, yeah. I have empathy for the bad guy. But it also didn't hit you over the head with it, too. Sure. You had to figure it out. That's right. when it hits you over the head. And it, like you said, it hits you after. You're like, oh, which in today's social and political climate, everybody is taking such definite sides. And we forget everybody has a mother. Everybody yeah. has feelings. Everybody yeah. has a point of view. Whether we think it's right or not, let's at least listen and have a communication. No, I'm quick to join. We won't get into politics, but I'm quick to join the bandwagon. I am not a Trump supporter. And I'm quick to just, you know, anytime I hear something just some derogative term out of my mouth towards him, but it takes a real uh, unconditional loving human being, which I am not all the time, but it, I'd, I'd love to be more so, to understand that uh, that th this, this guy has been brought up the way he has, sees the world in a way that's certainly just different to the way I see the world, um, communicates differently than I do, um, is, had parents that did the best they could to teach him what they did. I doesn't, fall in line with my views um but he's still a human being and to have some sort of empathy for him it's really tough to say that because i strongly am against a lot of what he does uh but it's a great exercise for us all to to to, to find someone out there who is um someone you strongly disagree with i mean you can go all the way back to hitler if you want yep and try it's an exercise i'm not saying i agree with hitler i'm just saying to at least try to understand things from their point of view, well, at the very least, educate you and inform you, and then you can make an informed decision. You're, As opposed to just jumping too. on the bandwagon. And again, I am not supporting Hill. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Please. Um, but we've seen Star Trek messages at protests and marches, uh, which I think is such a testament to uh, its overall message, whether you're a sci-fi fan or not. It's mm -hmm. a message for humanity. And, you know, you said you you want to be more unconditional. And I think your dad has a quote out there. It's like, our journey is to be a better person than we were today yeah. over and over again. Yeah. We're never going to get to that point because you, you're always better in yourself. But isn't that journey amazing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we have seen you and your family on stage at conventions. Um, your son is so adorable. <laughs> um, how are you going to explain the Star Trek legacy to him? Have you already started to Absolutely. to talk about it? That's a big message. How how do you share that in a way that you didn't have that message shared with you? Uh, he is an amazing kid. Um, I, I, everyone will say that about their kids. Uh, 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 he, he, at an early age, we got right into, um, I don't want to say philosophy or ethics, but we, we did get into ethics. We just didn't call it ethics, you know? When when there was a good guy, bad guy, whether it was cowboys and Indians, cops and robbers, whatever. In fact, our conversation had to do about robbers, had to do about the bad guys that the police chase. And and we taught him early on, the bad guys aren't bad guys. They're misunderstood. They're doing what they have to do because they feel they need to do it. Um, sure, if you get into chemical imbalance and, and psychoses and, and things of the mind, they're still not bad people. There's other conditions. But I'm just saying a lot of this people, a lot of people on our planet do things because they feel it's their only option. And by no means am I claiming to try to identify with any of these people. My life and theirs are completely different. I can just try to in intellectualize and understand it to the best of my ability that I believe what they're doing is not because they are bad people. This is a last resort. This is something they feel they have to do. And this is what we Survival. explain to our son. And he now says, bad guys aren't bad guys. They're just misunderstood. And you know what? I mean, I could almost just knock off now and say my job is done. Yeah. If, if he carries that on for the rest of his life, hopefully everyone that has a, a contrasting point of view 
that is opposed to him, that is opposed to his views, he can at least carry, hopefully, that message of empathy into that. And that's funny because that's one of my follow-up questions is what legacy do you want to leave to your son? And Empathy. you just answered that. I, 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 it's something uh, um, I, I believe in strongly. Uh, I, I, I'm not sitting here on a, on a, on a stool saying I, I can do it better than anyone. I just know it's the right thing for us all to do. And it's not the easiest thing to do all no, the time. No, it's incredibly difficult. Incredibly. Um, it's like being on a diet. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you yeah. don't. Womp womp. Don't get me started. <laughs> um, I'll drink to that. Yeah, right? Uh, you have now embraced the Star Trek world. Um, it, it must come with a lot of benefit from the fans giving you uh, this this energy and this joy that they experience from something that you're a part of. But it also comes with a lot of heft. Do you ever sometimes be like, you know what, I don't want to talk about Star Trek today. No, there's uh, so for for real. There's never a time that I don't not want to talk about Star Trek with anyone. And 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 the truth is, I'm not hounded or 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 not not as much as asked of me as maybe a, a large celebrity. Mm. Perhaps if I were again Will Wheaton or a larger celebrity, where I was just inundated moment after moment, yep. I might have those moments more. Um, but I truly believe in the philosophy. I mean, I, I, I as do I know many of the actresses. Uh, Will Wheaton truly believes in the philosophy. Um, but I, I, it is, it is, um, it, it's, it's my direction in life um, to try to be a better person and to try to inspire the people around me. And I don't always succeed. And sometimes I'm not the most inspiring person. <laughs> um, but every time I think about it, that, that is what I want to do. So no, it, it doesn't bother me. Now, there are times in life, like everyone else, that, that days are long and things are hard and I don't want to do stuff and yep. I don't do stuff. And there's tons of emails that I have not responded to. but and, and I told that person, I am not a Hollywood type. I will definitely get back to you. And I don't. Uh, there are times where I feel like a schmuck. But um, no, I, 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 this is a gift. Being the son of Gene Roddenberry is truly a, a gift. And I'm not just saying that. It's... It's it's amazing. It's and and it's not like Star Wars. No disrespect to Star Wars. Star Wars is amazing. I grew up with it. I still love it. It's phenomenal. Um to me, I can't speak for all the Star Wars fans out there. It doesn't have the same message and it doesn't have the same sort of um I'm I'm proud to carry it on in my own way. Uh, uh, uh Kurtzman, um Alex Kurtzman's carrying it on. Everyone who works on Discovery and Picard all of those people are absolutely carrying it on. In fact, even more so than me, at least in terms of what's on television. I'm just trying to carry on the philosophy. Which uh, I, I really appreciate. Um, and you actually had the opportunity to sit uh, with George Lucas. Yeah, yeah. I can't even imagine how nerve-wracking that would be because you went to his ranch. Yeah. You were on his terms. Um, and you talked about the difference of Star Wars and, and Star Trek. Um, and what I didn't under or what I didn't realize was that your dad also appreciated Star Wars for the fun that it brought to sci-fi, yeah. and George Lucas obviously uh, appreciated Star Trek, and so there is this admiration. Yeah, no, it, it was uh, he was. So at first we were told we got there he would only have fifteen minutes, and and of course it was nerve wracking. We we saw the place, and it's a beautiful place, and yeah. butterflies are going. I've never done this before. I'm not an interviewer, but I'm doing this documentary. He made it incredibly comfortable, and he was so. Uh, if you get, there's a, um, the, well, the DVD, who has DVDs? I, I, we have bonus uh, footage. We have the entire, or at least a, a, most of the uh, Lucas interview on, on, I guess, the bonus features. And you'll see, he is so genuinely complimentary to Star Trek. Yeah. 
Um, and, and he's, you know, saying things like we stood on the shoulders of Star Trek and stuff like that. And, and he didn't appear to just be saying it for my sake. He, it was just an open conversation where he shared and it, it was so comfortable. And then he stayed with us for 45 minutes, which was great. So I know people say they're only with you for a short amount of time in case you're a real jerk so they can get out. But apparently I wasn't too bad. So he stuck around. Yeah, but he was working. I forget what movie he was working on. And I believe that he only had 15 minutes. Yeah, was it? Yeah, was it the third one? I can't yeah. remember. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I have a few notes for you, George Lucas. Yeah. Um, let's actually take a, a peek at the trailer for Trek Nation. Um, it, it came out in 2011, but it literally is timeless. Um, I, I rewatched it literally last night. Um, let's take a peek at the trailer. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. He gave something from his heart, a dream of the future that gave hope. What characterized Gene Roddenberry was his vision, which, of course, was underpinning all of Star Trek. Every time I saw one, I thought to myself, damn, this is good. What he said to me, I'll never forget, was that in the 24th century, there will be no hunger and there will be no greed and all the children will know how to read. Star Trek is more than just a show. It's a philosophy. It said so many things to so many people about it's not always going to be this way, it will be better. That was your dad's gift. Live long and prosper, Miranda. I would say it's just as important today as it was back in the 60s when it first came out. It presents hope, and that's something we all need. Isn't that wonderful that I can say it in the present tense? Gene Roddenberry has a lot to say to us. You can ask, uh, how can a simple space opera reach out and touch the hearts and minds of, of literally millions of people? The whole show was an attempt to say that humanity will reach maturity and wisdom on the day that it begins not just to tolerate, but to take a special delight in differences in ideas and differences in life forms. What Star Trek proves is that the much maligned common man and common woman has an enormous hunger for brotherhood. They are ready for the 23rd century now, and they are light years ahead of their petty governments and their visionless leaders. I find it interesting, you know, for sons to try to explore what their fathers have done. It's a quest someday I hope my own son goes on. Uh, that's an amazing trailer, by the way, because yeah. it touches on things that are outside the the, the Trek world. Yeah. Um, you know, just seeing it, just, just when Star Trek is such a big part of your life, you remember where you were, what you were going through when these messages start becoming part of your life. Um, I remember going to see Star Trek V and we were told by the media, like, this was it, right? And my mom uh, came, t- took me out of school. The nurse came down and, you know, and I knew what was going on. And it was being at the first showing with the popcorn and, you know, seeing the crew back together, 
and it's just all these memories that that just flood to you from your whole uh, lifetime. Yeah. Other than the obvious of you know honoring Star Trek, what was your biggest motivation for doing this documentary? Uh, not what you think. Uh, not what you think. Uh, God, how did it start? So, so Trekkies, the documentary Trekkies. Came Love out. it, by the way. Oh, do you? It's a good drinking game documentary because it's amazing. I now I'm geeking out right now, but it's so fun. Okay, so so at that time, the first Trekkies, at least, yes. came out, and for me, I I interpreted it or saw it as it, it 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 made fun of fans. It said, "Look at all these weirdos." Now. That right or wrong, whether you agree with that or not, I, I was bothered I by that because my experience at the time had been uh, uh, fans come in all shapes and sizes, yeah. meaning um, you've got the hardcore ones who who love Star Trek and kind of live by it and, and, and more power to them as long as it doesn't hinder their life or affect their life in a negative way. And then you've got uh, people who just love Star Trek the way they love something else. And sure, they'll put Spock ears on on weekend, but but during the week they're a school teacher, they're a janitor, they're a lawyer, whatever they are. Um, and and my experience at the conventions, I met some of the most amazing people. So I didn't like that it wasn't a balanced or at least show all aspects. It was, just showed the extreme. So I wanted to do a documentary, even though I didn't know how to make a documentary, um, that showed the other side of this. Then I found this uh, production crew that was doing, um, back then it was TNN, the station TNN. Yeah. Um, TNN had been showing Star Trek. And in between commercials and episodes, they would do a little spot with one of the uh, uh, actors and talk about more of the philosophy. And I was like, yes, that stuff, the philosophy. The, yeah. the... And so I, they were at a convention. I went and I met them. I talked to them. And uh, Scott Calthorpe, who was the the producer and director of of those, said, you know, we should do something. And he had this vision of doing a documentary um, about a son searching for his father. And at that time, I did not it, that I was like, well, no, 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 I'm not I'm not going to be in this. This isn't about me. I I I I, I, I it should be about the fans because that's what I want to do. Anyhow, we spent uh, well, we spent a long time. We spent uh, six seven years shooting interviews going over cuts, uh, agreeing, disagreeing, uh, those sorts of things. And I got a little lost in the, in the weeds there. It, it evolved the documentary and got closer to a son searching for his father. Um, it almost got too far into that because I started telling my story. And we actually had some early cuts, which when I showed to uh, people, um, it, I was not offended by this, but it became more about my story. And did my daddy love me? And so, so no disrespect to me, and they said it, but I understood, I understand now, especially, we don't care about your story. We want to know about Gene. My ego is not damaged by that, but I was trying to tell my story. So anyhow, we had many cuts. We finally found a producer who came on board and made the documentary that we, I think we both really wanted, which was this one, which was, I think, a, a very good balance between a son searching to, to, to uh, humanize and, and find love in his father and who this man behind Star Trek was. So um, that that was that was why I started Trekkies. Well, and I, I think what you have is 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 a great uh, product, a, a mix. Mm -hmm. Although the son's journey, um, I think that's such an important story, you know. And we saw it uh, in the original crew, uh, Captain Kirk, with his relationship with his son, mm -hmm. and they, you know, mm -hmm. it's. There's so many of those themes yeah. of self-identity, family. Um, I and think we all have it, though, yourself. right? We do. Yeah, on some level. Depends on our relationship with our parents. Um, and you were very honest. Uh, like I said, what was the biggest takeaway that you learned um, about your father 
on a personal level, not not his accomplishments with the Star Trek world, but him as a person. What what were some of the biggest surprises? Uh, well, there were a few stories that I heard. Um, uh, uh, one of my father's earlier writing partners um, talked about my father and women. Yeah. And, you know, kind of said off, uh, not off camera, it was on camera. And I don't think we had it in the documentary. We had it on an earlier cut. Maybe we did have it. Um, but it was very important in the documentary to not just do another fluff piece on Gene Roddenberry. Right. Gene Roddenberry, the visionary, right. the great bird, the great this, the great that's that. that's out there. Now, trust me, there's plenty of that in there. But it was important for me to to look at the the negative, the dark, the the man behind this. And uh, I, I was actually in earlier cuts pushing for more, not because I wanted to discredit my father, but it was important for me to humanize my father for two reasons, uh, because I needed to identify with him. Someone says the great bird of the galaxy, they put him on a pedestal. Right. A son can't identify with someone on a pedestal. I had to see the dark sides, the, 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 the faults, the flaws. Um, then I could do this. Also, it was important that the fans see this too, because... There are many fans out there who put him on a pedestal. And, and so many of us today put, whether it's celebrities, politicians, whatever, put them on the pedestal and they're like, this is amazing. I could never do that. Well, the truth is, not to be all inspirational, but yes, you could. These people that you're putting on the pedestal are just as messed up as you are. Yeah. Meaning they're, they've got plenty of faults. They've got plenty of insecurities. Every day that you think to yourself, oh my God, I could never do that. Trust me, these people have said the exact same thing to them. So I wanted to do that to inspire because Star Trek's all about inspiration. Um, so it, it, was, it was certainly critical that, that, that I did that. Um, the thing that really kind of got me the most uh, was is just, I mean, I, I'll tell you, humanizing my father. When I heard the story about my father after he got married, kind of talking about uh, some of the other women he'd, he'd been with, that's in um, there, by the way. Oh, that's in there. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that that was a shock to hear that. To hear that, like right after he kind of boasted about that, that was a bit of a shock. But I was glad I heard it because I got to know the man a bit more, and then I was able to love. Not, I was able to identify and love Gene Roddenberry and Gene Roddenberry the father. Yeah. Because you know what, I'm just as messed up as he is on on many levels. And by the way, I don't mean messed up, but human is probably the right term. And that's just it. And when somebody's on a pedestal, they're not accessible to no, you. No, not at all. And like you said. Especially to a son. Yeah. And to understand more about who you are, our family's yeah. rough edges are our family's rough edges. And your dad being a creator, I mean, he was writing, he, he, he was a cop. He worked for the LAPD. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? I should write this. And he sat down and did it. And he wasn't a bad guy. He didn't go out killing people. Right. In fact, I heard the story I heard, he never took out his revolver except for once, which this is the story. I don't know if it's true, except to, unfortunately, a dog had been hit by a car and was suffering. And so as a, as a, when he was in the LAPD, that's the only time he drew his gun was to unfortunately put a dog out of its misery after being hit by a car. I don't know how true that is, but certainly didn't go around shooting people. <laughs> well, and there's this duality. You know, we want to be better people. Do we get mad at, at certain people that, that affect our lives? Yes, we do, because your dad did a lot for gender e equality, mm -hmm. such as making first officers in, you know, pilot of a female, such as having Uhura, uh, an officer on the bridge. Yeah. You know, but there's that duality. It's like, you know, but we like the ladies. I mean, who does it? You know yeah. what I mean? And it was that, that time culture, too. Yeah, I, I struggle with that. I, I go back and watch yeah. uh, 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 the original series and uh, Man Trap, first first episode. 
there's a scene and there's like two or three security officers. And of course, one of the ladies walks by with the, the high skirt and they're kind of like checking her out, tilting their hat as they walk by going, hey, check that out, you know. Uh, maybe not as forward thinking as as we thought, but it's easy to say that was the 60s. And it's true, that was the 60s. And uh, I don't want to say that was okay, but that was the norm then. Right. But it's okay to point that out today as a flaw. It doesn't mean Star Trek's bad. doesn't mean the messaging was off. Um, but but I'm okay pointing that out, sure. And in, in terms of unconditional love, which we talked about, kind of your mom, your mom was not un, unaware, but yeah. still being by his side and saying, you know, we're going to be in this, the ups and downs because I love you. And, and yeah. this is. And there's ways to criticize that too. She should have stood up and been her own, whatever. You, you, we can go down the rabbit hole on that at all, uh, all the way down the rabbit hole, but um, I'm not going to criticize anyone. That, that, that happened. We're, we're all growing. We're all learning. We're all hopefully taking. Uh, better steps. You know, I could talk to you for like hours and hours and, and, and hours. <laughs> okay, true or false? The U.S.'s defiant registry number NX seven four two zero five was based on your birthday. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I am complete. Oh my God. I, yeah. I'm unaware of that. Uh, because that's, that's your birthday. 74. Uh, uh, I February fifth. I have never heard that in my entire life. It's out there, so I wanted I wanted to confirm it. Yeah. Uh, I, whoa! I have I, this is crazy. Really? Yeah. U.S. is, this de- is a star, Not it's that I know reason. everything about Star Trek, but that's yeah. a personal thing. I've never heard that. Yeah. Uh, rumor is it's based on your birthday. Huh. Uh, true or false? You made the Constitution class starship that was painted silver and seen in the background of many Next Generation episodes. That is true. That's crazy. So I used to build models too, and it was. So that's in all of the episodes we see. That's in like season one or two, and there is a silver painted Enterprise or a gold or something in the background yeah. of one of the shots. And, and it has all of the. Uh, I remember spray painting it before school that morning. It was just one of those model kits that I forgot the name of the companies that made them. Yeah, and I and I I, I gave it to my dad, and he brought it in, and they put it on. That was yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's crazy. I will also tell you something else. Yeah. And and uh, I've got to get back to Michael Kuda to find out if this is 100% accurate or just coincidence. Okay. I, lo- I, I love these fa- kind of facts. Um, yeah, this is embarrassing. Um, so uh, what season? Fourth season. I was working as a PA on Star Trek. Um, I, I was dating a girl named Miranda. And I was just nuts over it. It was high school love. Absolutely. And uh, I, I'm sure I talked about her plenty. And so... I feel like I heard, although I just don't want this to go down in true lore until someone else confirms it. And I don't know if it was Mike Okuda. I don't know what I. I, I don't know if it's a, a something I remember or something I'm faking. But there is the Miranda class of starships, and I believe that was made made up over her. So I, yeah, it's not that I asked for it, but I think they yeah. did it. And I feel like I remember someone saying that's why they did it. But 
I could just be making it's probably that a up. sexy class of ships. It's by probably the way. just coincidence. Yeah, probably just coincidence. No, nothing is coincidence. Well, I don't right? know. Uh, you, but your actual entry back into fully uh, like the entertainment world with sci-fi um, was working on Earth: Final Conflict, yes. which was inspired. Um, your mom shopped around idea uh, yep. from your dad, um, and it was made into a series that you actually worked on full time. I did. I did. I was I was in my uh, last or second to last year of college of uh, and and my mother was uh, shopping around shows and she teamed up with uh, an incredible executive producer, a producer uh, named David Kirshner. And um, they sold the the concept. Uh, first, it was uh, I got to get it right. Battleground Earth, not to be confused. Right. Yeah, Battleground Battlefield Earth, Earth was right, um, which was a concept my father had. Yeah. And uh, they changed the name later for for reasons just to not be too close to Battlefield Earth. Nobody uh, wants to be associated with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I, I was not, I'm not one of these ones, these these kids who grew up with entertainment parents who wanted to be in the industry. My mother tried to get me into acting. I didn't want to do acting. They tried to get me into a bunch of other things they did. I didn't want to do that. Um, then she got this off the ground. And I finally said, you know what? I'll take a year off college because I can always go back, which is what you always say. And um I can learn from this. This is a great opportunity. There's a new show coming. Uh, I can do this. So I, I moved from Massachusetts to Los Angeles. Um, I, 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 they offered me, they were saying things like, oh, associate producer and stuff like that. I'm like, I know nothing about the entertainment. I'm not going to be that, you know. So I came in as technical advisor, which was like just this homemade title. Um, and then they moved it to Toronto. So then I went yeah. to, to Toronto. I, I moved to Toronto because I figured like, all right, the shooting in Toronto, you moved to Toronto. I was the only one who moved to Toronto. All the producers stayed in LA. <laughs> I didn't know that's how it was done. Um, I wanted to be involved in the creative aspect, I, but I was in a, a post-production house clear across town, post-production being after everything was shot. So I, I, I learned my way. Um, I got in there. I made a lot of friends. I loved the crew. Everyone below the line was amazing. Everyone above the line was amazing too, but I really got along. And by the way, below above the line is, you know, all producers, executive producers, all the, I don't want to say all the decision makers, but all the high end decision. Oh God, that sounds terrible too. Are above the line. Everyone who works their asses off day to day is below the line. Um, I, I, I just made a ton of friends and I, that's where I really started to try and learn what the, what Star Trek was, what the Roddenberry philosophy was. I even created a website called Gene Roddenberry's Philosophy Sphere. And that was where I got to interact daily with fans of Roddenberry and Star Trek and kind of ask, what, what is it about this show? So I sent in uh, notes and thoughts and ideas on every script and revision that came through. Um, and, and that was it. I mean, we'd have characters that would dive through the, the door of a building shooting guns and I would have a note that say like, well, should, they should probably knock first, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so I was learning. But that's how you kind of came back to the, to the Star Trek ideals. You're like, wait, it should be this because it's my dad's message. Well, right. And, and not that I knew my dad's message, but I would check in with fans yeah. and I would check in with people. And of yeah. course, I'd start to watch episodes. And, you know, I'd, over time and I, I made plenty of mistakes along the way. But uh, that, that, was my, that was my learning ground. That was really a huge, huge... And it wasn't about learning how to make television. It was just learning about what is Roddenberry, what is Star Trek, what is not Star Trek. You know, what does it mean? Well, and also how Hollywood works. We know Hollywood is not always the nicest atmosphere. Sure, no, to I, work in, and sometimes it can be when you're behind the scenes, it could be a little 
disappointed. No, I was I was very disappointed many times because because I I, um, I I am still very naive. And while I'm not I'm not saying I'm the best person in the world, I'm I, I think I'm very honest, maybe not 100 percent of the time. Um, but that's when I learned about people saying something to your face, looking mm-hmm. you in the eye and then hearing Half an hour later, they said something else to someone else. They're Ferengi. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I literally had a few of those experiences there, and I was like, "Wow, what, really, really? You, you don't think I would just talk to that person a moment later?" Isn't that crazy? Yeah, no. That's so, anyhow, what do Star Trek fans tell you the most? What's the message you get over and over? I, I mean. It's, it's Star Trek inspired me. Star Trek, uh, th- that is the, that is why I am in love with Star Trek because of all the fans who have come up to me and shared personal stories, whether they're heroic and courageous on a grand level, or heroic and cra- courageous on an internal level, whether it's someone who has dealt with a personal issue who now feels more comfortable about sharing that issue because they believe in a future where it is not seen as. A negative or yeah. something to be joked at or or, or, or or ridiculed to people who have been in horrific abusive relationships who have gotten out of the relationships because they knew it wasn't the right thing for their child um, I've I heard stories that people used to sneak sneak tapes over uh, the Berlin Wall which apparently is a crime punishable by death but they would sneak episodes over the wall to for for I guess family members I guess I, I don't know um, it's hard to say these stories without saying, I know this one guy who did it, but I've heard these stories. And these stories are, are out there in abundance. You know, we're celebrating Mental uh, Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many Star Trek stories that have uh, worked with people through suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and even in Trekkies, you know, uh, there are some deep Trekkies moments. Trekkies too. Trekkies right. too did a great job of that. Where Jimmy Doohan talks about a fan that was having the suicidal thoughts. He's like, well, I want you to be at the next convention and the next one and the next one. Yeah. And and she and she did it. And I know even in Trek Nation, you, you talk about it as well. But it's a message you hear on the message boards. It's like yeah. people were having suicidal thoughts and it was the family of Star Trek and the idea that, that kept them going. Yeah. That's pretty hefty. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, and you love exploration. You're actually a certified diver. I am. Um, P.S. I love your your scuba suit, by the way, uh, in the style of like Captain Kirk's uniform. I, I have to correct you on one thing, though. So yes. the, we're, we're not doing Roddenberry Adventures anymore. I was going to sign up, by the way. We could still talk about it. Okay. It, it, was, it was tons of fun. I'm still a diver and I still dive with people all over the world and, and people dive with me and we're all Star Trek fans. It, it's just not as uh, formalized as okay. it once was. Um. Diving is pretty scary, by the way. What first inspired you about, it, like, ocean? Well, again, <laughs> a story that isn't what you expect. Yeah. Um, when I got my driver's license, uh, my first, that, you know, that is a, a, a huge opportunity to become an adult or at least become your own person. I mean, it, it felt that way. Yeah. I, could, I could get in my car and go anywhere I wanted anytime. That was a big thing for me um, back in... 19, oh God, when was it? Uh, 90. No, 90? I don't know. 80, Whenever I turned 16. Yeah. Someone do the math. Anyhow. Uh, it would be 1990. Okay, good. Yeah, I got it yeah. right. Um, so so I heard about scuba diving from people. Uh, so some Actually, some people that worked in the art department of Next Generation. Uh, I don't know what year it was. And I thought, what what an adult thing to do. Like it's, I'm an adventurous person. It's risky. I can, I can go take classes on my own. So 
that was it. I don't have too much of a story besides that. I, I took the course. I actually passed the test with a 90 something, which is one of the few tests at that time I ever got into the 90s on. Yeah. Um, but there were checkout dives and I never made the checkout dives. I never got certified. But uh, like two, three years later, I got certified in college and and I, I fell in love with it and I've been in love with it ever since. It's It's true exploration. And I know you said scary. And sure, the unknown is scary. And I'm not trying to diminish your, your comment there. It is uh, an extreme uh, environment that you put yourself in. Yeah. Um, and you do heavily rely on equ equipment. You, you are putting your life on the line. However, it is the same thing as driving a car. In, in, that, um, in that car, you are in control of the vehicle. If you don't look at your gas gauge, if you blindfold yourself, if you don't pay attention to road conditions, if you don't look at other cars, if you're not fully 100% in the moment, in a car, you can easily die. But we take it for granted because we drive every day. Scuba diving can become like that. Not that you should take it for granted and not pay attention, but um, if you are trained, um, it, it becomes a, an incredible environment. And you look at your, your gauges, you pay attention to where you are, the benefits far outweigh anything. And yes, accidents happen as they do on the road. Um, but it is, if anyone truly wants to uh, feel what it's like to be in another world, you truly are in another world. And that's the scary element for me. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to be down there, you know, and yeah. we, we are the alien down there. This whole ecosystem survives without us. It survived before us. It'll survive after us. And it exists whether we're there or not. And so that's the part that it scares me because it's like, we don't, we're also we don't supposed have power to be there. in sky or the space, but wow. we're doing it. Yeah. So, so, so listen, I, I get it and it, it may not be for everyone, but it's worth, and you can see a lot snorkeling too. Yeah. I mean, and I, I snorkeling, you, you see the most cause there's tremendous color and, and beauty, uh, and all the reefs, coral reefs, but diving, there's a, there's a sensation that's, that's hard to describe floating weightlessness, seeing real aliens, um, knowing that you need to rely on your equipment because every breath matters. Um, it's, it's exhilarating, not because I'm a thrill seeker. It's exhilarating because it is a different way to live life for that moment. I did tell you, Mr. Roddenberry, you are very inspirational and it's like, <laughs> it's like we're just hanging out as like buds, but, but the messages that, that we're talking about and that you are sharing, um, are very inspiring. Oh, thank you. <sighs> Lord. I enjoy the conversation too. I, opportunity to share any of these thoughts I love. Uh, Kurt, can we have a little bit uh, red alert uh, sound effect here? It's come to the time, uh, my friend, that we do rapid fire. Uh oh, yes, okay. And it, you know, just just fun little questions. But we, so we, we do this every show, and we have a little fun sound effect, which I think uh, you'll blue, blue uh, reminds me of my nanny. Um, tacos, tacos. <laughs> and do fans like constantly say, "Hey, in this episode, why did you press this button and not not that that button?" Oh, there we go. Oh, that's that's a different show, isn't it? Or a Girl, different season? That's not ours. Oh, that looked like was that is that Voyager? Maybe that was Voyager. Yeah, and I love that your mom's voice is literally on on all of the TV episodes up up to that point. Yeah, yeah. That's... You know, if I can do, I don't know if we have time. Quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe we don't have time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Kurt, that's enough. <laughs> um. So so uh, before my mother passed away, uh, t talking to her, we said, I'd love to record your voice because she is known as the voice of the computer yeah. and how amazing. Uh, apparently, Apple and Microsoft reached out to her uh, before she passed and said, you know, we'd love to have you the voice of something. This she was, was the inspiration. Long before Alexa and all that sort yeah. of thing. It, that just never happened. But I asked if we could re record her voice phonetically and we did our best to to do it high fidelity, high, I mean, high, high quality recordings. Um, 
And so we we have her voice. And for the past few years, uh, we tried with Google, but there were some issues. I have her voice and I want her voice to be every ATM, every answering machine, every, if anyone, and so what, phonetically we didn't get everything. There's a few things that were missing and they suggested bringing in a voice actor, but that wasn't authentic to have mm-hmm. someone else do it. So I've heard there's technology out there that can somehow interpret yep. the recordings that are there and fill in the gaps. So if anyone out there know knows of this technology or, or software, uh, we'd like to do that. I'd love I love our world to just have her voice everywhere, just the voice of the computer. Because it's comforting and urgent at the same time. It's and it's you know what? It's a it's appropriate as far as I'm concerned, it's appropriate. She is the voice of the computer on television, and I think And she in real literally life. was the inspiration for uh, Alexa and, and Siri. Yeah. Um and you know, her voice uh has been heard on many railroads um in the Midwest. No. Did you know that? I did not know that. So when systems go down, it's her voice that's on many railroads railroads. Yeah. What do they say? It's just um, like system down, please check whatever. But it's it's fact. She's uh, she's still I think on four uh, smaller uh, railroad roads. I've never heard this. This is phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. If there, <laughs> there, there we go. go. There we go. Thanks, okay. Kurt. All right. Anyway, but look into that because uh, her, she's part of the rail I, system. I've learned a lot tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, I've learned a lot from you. Okay, rapid fire. You could go back and executive produce any Star Trek TV franchise. Which one would it have been? I mean, I, I, I say next generation, but I wouldn't want to because they did a great job. So I just want to be there uh, as an adult and understand right. more. Yeah. But that's not the question. Shit. Pa. <laughs> um, um, uh, Enterprise. Yes, I would love to Enterprise. Enterprise because I think uh, we, we, there's longer time before we discover Klingons and everything would be my take, right or wrong. Star Trek character you would uh, love to have been college roommates with. Data. Data. That's an interesting. That's not what I expected. I, it would have been fun to, you know, when you have a friend who's never done things and you get to yeah. introduce him to things or yeah. other things, yeah, yeah. and and you get excited because it's something you've done a lot, but they get so excited about it, and you're like, oh my god, this is awesome! You love it too. I, I think with data, that would be almost everything. Whether yeah. whether it's 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 getting a certain meal or 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 wearing certain, I, it would be like learning all over again. Like my testament is like you shouldn't take a kid to Disneyland at five. You should take them when they're like sixteen because it's so amazing. Right. right. Um, and that's kind of like your journey with Star Trek too. Coming back to it. Older, yeah, and, and, and data point. would point out all these things. Like I'd be really upset about the girl who dumped me, and 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 he would say something really stupid. Like there's. Well, your your chances of finding one another one are five in two hundred yeah. million or whatever it is. Miranda's just a one. class starship. Exactly. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, I feel better already. <laughs> uh, worst song on your playlist? Worst song on my playlist. Oh, oh. You're like, oh God, if they hurt. You know, my, right now I've been listening to so much Lego music, and they're all good. My son loves all the Ninjago and Batman. I can't think of bad. You know, I, I it's not on it's not on my playlist, opera, and it's just because I don't have an appreciation for it. Huh. Interesting. I, it, it doesn't mean opera's bad. I just don't have a, an appreciation. Okay. Uh, worst worst fashion trend that you fell victim to, and oh, like we mentioned, you had many God. many looks, which is the one years. It's like, oh God, I can't believe I did that. All right, worst is relative because I thought it was pretty cool back then, but I had oh oh you know what I used to do? Okay, so in high school I would uh, uh, I would I would take my jeans, I would rubber band them all up, and then I would give them different amounts of bleach 
And so I would come to, and then I'd tear them. Yeah. And then I'd wear snakeskin tights underneath. And then so I wore these like <laughs> light blue, dark blue, blue, rip torn. And you'd have to wash them so that the phrase came out on the on the rips uh, with snakeskin underneath. I'd wore, wear those to, to school. That's I thought bad. they were pretty cool. What? The fact that you but, made them yourself is pretty great. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're going to create a new show set in today's time period. And it doesn't have to be sci-fi. What's the show about? Well, I don't want to get all serious, but it's the first thing that came to mind. Something, uh, as I've said many times tonight, empathy. Um, uh, we, including myself, are very quick to judge other people. You know, whether it's a celebrity who's who's got who got caught for something, uh, or a politician, or anything like that, we're very quick to to see these reality shows and quickly say, "What an idiot! What a jerk! Mm-hmm. What a dumbass! What yeah. a to." Something that inspires people to take a moment and understand we don't know their lives and we we don't know what brought them to that point and what their mindset was. And and maybe they are just being irrational, but also they they probably might see things different ways. We see celebrities getting caught for doing terrible things. I, I can't imagine what that celebrity's life is like, how distorted. Yeah. And I don't mean to insult them, but like they definitely live a different life. Things have been they brought don't. to them in different ways and, and they perceive things different. Therefore, they're going to respond in a different way that may not be socially acceptable. Right. And for us to at least have be inspired and see that and at least have that moment right before we're about to say what an idiot where we're like, ah, all right, well, maybe I don't understand. Still an idiot, but maybe I don't understand. You know? <laughs> Mr. Roddenberry, where can our uh, viewers and listeners find you? Um, well, of course, Roddenberry.com and uh, at Rod Roddenberry on, on all the social media. Uh, and there's a lot of fun stuff to see uh, from pictures that you share from from sets uh, and from your own personal life, I might add. Um, you can listen to some of our past Trek interviews uh, with the original Chekhov, Walter Koenig, Discovery's Wilson Cruz, Voyager's Tim Russ, and Quark, who appeared in every Next Generation timeline show, played by Armin Shimmerman, who has a lot to say about politics, by the way. Uh, you can listen to it on any of your podcast player. Coming up on the show, uh, we have Tony Award winner Francis Ruffell from Les Miserables, Scream Queen Dee Wallace from Cujo E. T. and the Frighteners, Michael Paul from America's Got Talent, country singer from Rolling Stone's Top 10 Country Videos, Brandon Stansel, and eight-time Academy Award nominee makeup special effects artist V. Neal, who started her career, by the way, on Star Trek The Motion Picture. That was her first major job. And of course, uh, she's responsible for Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, Mrs. Doubtfire, Hunger Games, Pirates of the Caribbean, and so much more. On the Rocks is the place to be every week. Um... I wanted to know if you could end our show in a very classy way, um, and you don't have to if you don't want oh. to. But I would, I would love to hear this. Um, okay, in in your voice. All right, all right. <clears throat> Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. I did it dramatically, if that works. I loved it. I tried to. I can't thank you enough for your time with us today. What a special episode. Thank you for having me. Yes. This is awesome. (sighs) All right, now I can breathe because I was so nervous about today. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you. This has been On the Rocks with Alexander. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Find me on Facebook on On the Rocks Radio Show. Tweet me or Instagram me at On The Rocks On Air. See you next Tuesday.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 